Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Good morning. We are on page Tuf Mem Bays. We're um, two or three lines, four lines, five lines actually, from the bottom of the first paragraph with the Shin Lamed Hay next to it. Um, we are discussing the very difficult uh, concept uh, of Avaida, of the Avaida of Kabbalah's oil, of the Avaida of reaching a level of ayin, and the, of the Avaida of absolute self-abnegation. And uh, the Rebbe has, is using a mushal, and the mushal is working a field. The mushal is a little bit difficult because much of this is hard to wrap one's mind around. And I, I don't think it has so much to do with the fact that I'm not a farmer, is that the mushal itself is conceptual. It is a physical mushal. We haven't gotten to the Rukhnius yet. We'll get into the Rukhnius in the uh, second paragraph. But the idea of, uh, of Yeshma Ayin, when it comes to a field, we, we've gone through this and described it in some detail. It's not something we, we generally think about. What, what is Ayin? How, how do we, <clears throat> what do we mean by Ayin? We, mean, we understand Ayin with respect to a seed that is um, uh, going to become a wheat or whatever other kind of plant. Um, we understand that that seed, as long as it's a seed, it does not have the, even the possibility of becoming the wheat or the tree or whatever else it's a seed for until it loses itself as a seed. It loses its metzias, it loses its yeshus as a seed, which is the ayin be'emsa. You have yesh, yesh, ayin be'emsa, the seed, the wheat, and in between there has to be this state of ayin which allows the seed to express things or to reach levels that under the normative life of a seed, it's not planted, let's say, just would never happen. It can't happen. So this is the idea of the ayin be'emsa. The Rebbe then took us into the concept of the ayin of the balavaita, of the, the, of the po'oil, the, the, the worker, um, and indicated that, actually there are psukim here. Uh, we'd be all be, we began with the idea of the azeya sapecha, the sweat, you'll work with the sweat of your brow, which is this concept of ayin, of absolute self-abnegation, of basically crushing the self uh, so that one can produce something that is not uh, a, a part of, of the ordinary existence of that self. It gets outside of the self completely. Um, and this crushing of the self, this ayin, this sweat of the brow, which means a complete engagement, immersion in the most difficult kind of work, to the extent that a person loses himself, is the key to producing uh, endless bracha in the field. At least that's the way it's been, the way it's been described. Um, yeah, so there is a language here, which I, I skipped by fairly quickly, because, for a reason, I'm not comfortable with it. These are, these are words I'm not comfortable with. But I'm going to repeat them, and I want to say a few things about them today. I, I don't think we can afford simply to let them go. So if we go uh, up uh, to, um, um, yeah, up about six, seven lines from the bottom of the second paragraph, the first word is ruchai, ba'amalai b'sayda kol hayoyim. He, he is katsar ruach. He's the person, the person who's now engaged um, in this avayda, who was, who was in the process of himself being ayin, uh, is, uh, is, is so... Uh, uh, 
immersed and so challenged by this work, so it is so not normative that he, he literally can't catch his breath. Behold, shia yoiser ba'itzav. These are the difficult words. Behold, shia yoiser ba'itzav. Ve'yeyush ba'amolai. Whoever is more, the word oitzav, atzvus, it's depression. Something Tanya warns us about. It's a, it seems to be such a negative thing. It is deep uh, unhappiness, a deep depression. Uh, worse, or I shouldn't say worse, but more radical. The yeyush ba'amolai. Yeyush is despair. He, he's de- de- totally depressed. And he despairs. What does he despair of? He despairs that his work will ever produce anything. He doesn't see anything. And this word despair comes into play. Shocking. It's shocking. How, how, where does despair, how, how can we possibly think of these concepts of Aitziv and Yeyush as milas in any way whatsoever as part of the self-abnegation or the person that we've learned before in the past that the individual... Uh, is completely subjugated to the master, that he loses himself completely, that he does whatever has to be done, he has no pleasure from it, he has no tainuk, um, he has no sense of it at all, he's doing what must be done. This is the first time that the concept of yeush, of atzvus, is brought in. Unhappiness, yes. Uh, difficulty, yes. Uh, the fact that he doesn't want to do it, we know that. That's all, that's all clear. That's not quite atzvus. And that's certainly not yeish. Yeish means despair. Isn't despair giving up? Doesn't despair mean that's finished? I can't do it. It's, it's undoable. He doesn't see any hatzlacha in his work. He's slaving like, a, like an animal. He sees no hatzlacha. On the contrary, this, on the contrary, as horrible as it sounds, as negative as it sounds, <clears throat> this is the Ayin, he's now reached the Ayin. The Yeush and the Atzfus are part and parcel of his absolute dismantling of a, a positive personality. Total dismantling. This is Ayin Be'etzim. Yitzmach or v'shefa ba'atzlocha Now, when he reaches this level of absolute being crushed, which is what it looks like, now comes the Hatzlocha Rabba. It comes... Mamish out of uh, out of the blue, so to speak. He will receive now blessings beyond any sort of reason, beyond any sort of of comparability. Incomparable blessing, blessing beyond expectation, beyond the wildest imagination, are now his because he has become a keli for that which is infinite, a keli for that which is not defined, limited, or restricted in any way. He's become ayin, and therefore he is now in a situation to receive or which does not restrict itself, is not limited. There's no measurement and no no no, no assessment. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Let's think for a minute about this union of Yeish. Again, I, I guess we can understand the concept and to a certain extent, but it's still quite shocking. It's still hard to appreciate why, you know, why the Rebbe is using this language and, and what it actually means. But if we think about it, we've seen it. We've seen this, in a sense. I, th- I believe. This is, again, this is not Chassidus. This is, this is my take, which is, may or may not be right. But in any case... Uh, Yeish is despair. Yeish is, I have done everything I can do within the realm of possibility, and it's come to naught. Hevel varik. 
Does that Russian sound familiar? Does that sound um, something that we can relate to? 28th, Hof Hess Nissen of the year 5751. The Rebbe gave over a Sicha uh, in which he used a language which this is reminiscent of. Shocking, shocking. We were shocked to the core of our being. We, we were shattered by that Sicha. I have done everything I can. It's come to nothing. It's come to naught. We are nowhere. We are going nowhere. I can't do anymore. I'm finished. You do it. You take it over. Whatever you can do to bring Mashiach, you do. I, I can't do anymore. I've done, I've done everything. So what does it sound like? That's, that sounds like Yeush. That sounds like a form of despair. And what does despair usually imply? It implies giving up. That's not what happens. That's the key. There are two types of yesh. There's a yesh where a person reaches that state and says, you know something, that's it. I, I cannot, I'm finished. I need a new job description. I have to go on vacation. I have to, I, I'm going into solitude. I, whatever, I can't, and therefore it, I will not, because, simply because I can't. Not because I don't want to, not because I put everything, my whole life, my, my, my highs, whatever I have, I put into this project, and what came of it? Not a nothing, not a thing, not a glimmer, not a hope, nothing. I quit. That's generally the way we think of Yeish. The Yeish of the Sicha is not that kind of Yeish. The words sound the same. The words sound familiar. The words sound similar to what I've just said. Uh, the Rebbe gives up. Uh, the Rebbe, however, did not give up. The Rebbe, after expressing this absolute level of self, of frustration, of self-annihilation of sorts, of complete discouragement, of looking and finding nothing, not a shred, not a glimmer, not a hope. After all that, what did the Rebbe do? The very next moment, he picked himself up and began with, a, with complete vigor and with absolute determination to pursue what he'd always pursued, the bringing of Mashiach. Yes, he put it in our hands, and yes, he gave us a good kick and a good wake-up call and all of those things. And hopefully, we will see the results of this soon. But it didn't stop him. He did not say, okay, I'm giving it to you. Excuse me, I'm going to Florida. He didn't say that, and that wasn't the concept. He expressed this iron, this absolute negative, this darkness, this this lack of anything. It's hard to find words for this. And nonetheless, as in the case of the Evid Poshet, he picked himself up and threw himself into the task with the Yeush, with the, the Atzvus or whatever you want to call it. I hate to use these terms with respect to the Rebbe, but that's what it sounded like. It didn't stop him because his Avaita never had to do with himself. It never had to do with how he feels in a sense is irrelevant in his own eyes. He is the avid of the king, and he does what must be done, no matter what. And this is the, the, the ultimate level of self-abnegation, the ultimate level of putting the self aside. Despair from which an ordinary person would quit, to a despair from which a great, a great soul, uh, the avid the, the uh or the great soul, uh, in spite of it, in the context of that, Yeush, in the context of that Atzvus, throws himself into it, if anything, with greater vigor and greater determination than he had before, expecting nothing, seeing nothing, 
feeling nothing, having no sense of gratification from all that he's accomplished in the past, which in his eyes, as the Sikha pointed out, seems to be nothing, seems to be ayin. This is the level of ayin, the holy level of ayin. Um, and therefore, the two types of yeish. What the Rebbe is talking about here in this, in this mimer, the yeish, which is the culmination of self-abnegation, leads to bracha, which is bligvul, because it's the ultimate in ayin. And ayin is the vehicle through which endless bracha, endless light, endless good comes, as we've, we learned previously. Okay. Um, anyway, that he who sows uh, in tears uh, reaps in song. Of course, the shiramalas. Uh, uh, he goes out in tears and crying. He returns, he comes back in song. That's the basic idea here. This is the tikkun, the ultimate tikkun um, uh, of the Odom, of, of the person. Through the sweat, through the sweat of the face. Sweat of the face is a loshen, which implies all of this exertion, all of this uh, self abnegation, all of this seeming negativity. <clears throat> it's the key to salvation. It's the key to everything. It's the key to things which are absolutely novel and blessings which have never been in the system before. The the sweat of his face, literally the loss of breath. in his work and his exertion, he can't catch his breath. He's so uh, absorbed. He's so um, uh, uh, struggling to such an extent. Ad to the point where the nefesh is literally squeezed out. of which he says, of which it is said, despair. It's a point of despair. That's the irony of it all. From that, the essence of, of the depths of that darkness comes the essence of the height of the blessing. Cheshech um, is an interesting thing. Cheshech, we think of it exclusively in negative terms. Uh, but there are many positive dimensions to Cheshech. Cheshech is an ore which is of such a high level that it can't, it's not perceivable under ordinary circumstances. Something that's not perceivable appears as Cheshech. Hoishech is the idea of etzem. Etzem is heder espashtus. Heder espashtus. Espashtus is or. Espashtus is expressive. Espashtus is revelatory. Etzem is etzem. It's got nothing to do with the laws and rules of or and espashtus and, and gilui and, and revelation. It's mamish, the, the treasure, the key, the core of all. That's what etzem is. And it, it, it ties in with the idea of, of hoishech, which is heder espashtus. Then, through this, this work of Zeus Apoi, which is exactly what we've been describing the last few shirim, the, the yoke of this uh, very, very difficult avayda, shaloi, nachas v'ratzen, he has no nachas, he has no ratzen. On the contrary, the word yeyush has been used twice in this mimer. Then he will eat bread from the earth. Not bread from the heaven, not man. There's no Kiddush in man. That, that man comes from Milamaila, there it is in the system, and it, it comes down as a blessing, as a bracha, Milamaila, Lamata. That's no Kiddush. 
What's a chiddush is the earth should give bread. That is a chiddush because it's totally unexpected. It's totally outside. It's the Eden of Yeshma'ayin, as the Rebbe described earlier. Um, and Yeshma'ayin means that something comes into being for which there is no precedent, for which there is no explanation, for which there is no way one can approach it except through the negativity of a seeming negativity, seeming negativity of ayin. That is lechem in ha'aretz, b'roiv shefa uvracha, with endless... Uh, with endless giving and blessing. He who works the land, tills his land with, with effort. And the more effort and the more work, the more exertion. That's how much more he will have in terms of the bracha and the nourishment that comes from that land. Very powerful powerful Hasidus. Um, great deal to think about here. Great, there's so many implications of this. Um, the Sikh of the Rebbe was one implication, or one idea, one thought. Think about Golas. Think about 3,000 years of Jewish history. Uh, well, we've had it rough. No, 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 we have not had it rough. We have had it excruciatingly rough. We have had the Crusades. We have had Chalmanitsky Yemach Shemay V'zichrei. We've had uh, the German Yemach Shemay V'zichrei. We've had Stalin Yemach Shemay V'zichrei. People, literally, the Jewish people have been crushed to the point of absolute exhaustion, spiritual and physical, to the point of annihilation. Close to annihilation. That is the type of ion, uh, the, 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 the level of ion which uh, the Rebbe is discussing here. And for in our own lives, in our own terms, the way we have to think about it in our uh, daily way of viewing things is that we've been through all of this. We've seen all of this. We have to know about it. We have to understand it. It gives us a, a sense of how close Mashiach must be at this point. How just... It's Mama, she's there because this complete ayin has been achieved. It's been worked on for 3,000 years or more. It has been, it has been accomplished. The ayin, we are, the, the Jewish people have undergone an, an abnegation, a difficulty, a problems, a chayshech, the likes of which is absolute. The key here is a concept of absolute. It's not a relative chayshech. Well, we've had better times, worse times. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It's not better or worse. It's been absolute in terms of its negativity. And therefore, waiting around the corner for us is the absolute in terms of the blessing. Something we have to give thought to. Benimsa, the Bays, Psukim, these two Psukim, the Zayas Apecho, and the Pasuk from Mishlei, on the multiple bracha and nourishment that comes from the difficult work. Shnehem inyanecha, they're one thing. Now again, the Zeus Apecha is it's a paradox. Is it a curse? Isn't it a curse? It's a curse that's a blessing. It, the result of the Zeus Apecha, the, the description of the Zeus Apecha is it's, it's horrendous. I mean, in ordinary terms, ordinary people, it's horrendous. And from horrendous is a very extreme language. The word horrendous is an extreme term. You don't use it uh, because you missed your bus or, or because. Uh, you know, your supper got burnt or something like that. Horrendous is a, a term of absolute negativity. 
And from that absolute negativity is a blessing uh, in that same concept through the Zayas HaPecha, which is horrendous, is buried in that is the, uh, the, the truth, which is a Hiddish, a, a unanticipatable and incomparable light and blessing which will come from it. Uh, and the two go together. Without the absolute of this, you don't get the absolute of that. Through the Zeus HaPecha, with all that implies, however you want to look at it, the historical point of view or whatever, um, through that you will eat bread. The Jewish people will eat bread. The world, because of the Jewish people, will eat bread. It is the cause of this tremendous bracha and the tremendous effulgence uh, to, to the nth degree. Why? Because it is the essence of the tikkun, of the chet etzadas. Let's go back a bit. Let us not forget where this idea came from. Zeus HaPecha is what Hashem told Adam Rishon after the chet etzadas. Before the chet etzadas, there was no Zeus HaPecha. There was not no need for it. There was no, in, in a very real sense, there was no avoid, at least not in the sense that we understand avoida. It was Gan Eden. It was perfect. It was perfection. Um, the Chait Eitzadas brought into play a Chiddush, something new. The concept of good and evil being mixed up, the idea of klippa, um, and this Chait, the correction of this Chait, uh, which is an absolute brings an, brought an absolute novel situation into the world. God created the world. Parshas Barashas, everything, everything is good. All's good. All's fine. It, it, the, the, let this exist. Hashem saw it was good. And he saw this was good. He saw that was good. And the other thing is good. There's only good. Uh, there's evil, but it's isolated and it's minimal. Now, that's the way the world's created. It's the nature of the good to do good. And the world is, was Good. Uh, Adam Rishon came along and engaged in this hate Eitzadas. Now a concept emerged which was absolutely novel, that good and evil are mixed up, that the world is a blend, a complex, chaotic blend of light and darkness, good and evil, uh, a, a compli- complicated, a chaotic world um, of, of uh, illusion, of falsehood, of negative possibilities, positive possibilities as well, but it is a mess. Well, for God to create a mess is, it doesn't work. Autumn Mauritian created the mess. Uh, mind you, he was um, basically fulfilling the kavana in, in doing so, not fulfilling God's rutzen because it was a chait, it's called a chait. But the kavana was that there should be a world in which there is an avoda of zeus apecha, because that is the key to Mashiach, that is the key to God's plans, ultimately for the world, not that God should create perfection, for the perfect to create per- something perfect, nishkin chedish, for an adam, a basar v'adam, to create perfection, whoa, that is something, something special, that's yesh ma'ayim. The whole point is to, that the yesh should be mavatl the ayin, but omul rabbi through tremendous exertion and the work of the hands. It's that through the service, through work, through exertion, through effort, through endeavor in the land, this dafka, it's the effort, it's the, the exertion, it's the yigiyah, 
This is where the satiation of bread will come from. This will, will, will reveal the, the, the uh, absolute uh, satiation of lechem from, from the earth, from min ha'aretz, not min ha'shemayim, not something prepared which now comes down because you're worthy of it. A new thing, a chiddish, a brand new creation. V'zeu. <laughs> in benching in Birchas Aretz, it says, every moment and every instant. It's referring to this blessing, actually. Remember, there are two blessings the blessing, uh, which is we associate with the idea of Rosh Hashanah, that uh, this, there is a sustenance which comes into the world, uh, which um, is uh, a gift of God Almighty. He gives life, he gives sustenance, he gives kium to everything in the world. Um, and then in the context of that world which comes from that blessing, there is now the avoid of milamata lamaila, which is zeyas apecho, which primarily came about through the chedet tzedas and the seeming curse of the earth being cursed, of Adam Rishon being told zeyas apecho, all seemingly very, very negative punishment, harshness, you sin, this is what you get. But as, as the, what can one say, the chassidus, what do you do without it? How, how, do you, how do you understand this without? How do you understand that this is, is the deepest gift? This is the greatest gift. This puts a human being on a level of the rabbi Shalom. He's great yeshma'ayan. He's bringing out a chiddush. He's not being mamshech. There's no hamshacha. It's not a matter of giru. It's not a matter of revelation of good that comes because now he's going to be a good boy and make things all good and be correct everything and he'll behave himself from now on. No. He, has make, he is creating, the Adam is creating a new world through his zeyas apecha. Ulefi shebracha zu ha'aretz demafke but this bracha, the earth gives forth mazan, gives forth sustenance. Is that natural? Well, you look at earth, doesn't, it's not natural. It's, it's, earth and bread are two different things. Earth and sustenance are as far apart as it's possible. You cannot eat earth. You cannot sustain yourself by earth. It produces a blessing which one would not, as we mentioned this before, we discussed this before, which one could not anticipate unless one saw it. We're used to it. You know, we, we've lived in this world a long time, and many generations. That's what happens when you farm. It happens when you plant seeds. You know, it's a... We forget it's a nace. We forget that it's, it's a, a miracle, Baklal. We forget that there's an inin yeshma'ayin, not yeshma'ayin stam, but a type of yeshma'ayin in the seed losing itself, the idea, the concept of, of yeshma'ayin. Um, we do not have the sense to appreciate the bread we eat and where it comes from and how it comes. The, the earth will bring forth goodness, all times under all circumstances doesn't require a specific time like Rosh Hashanah on <clears throat> which to collect a package and then distribute it over the course of the year. Any, any moment in time, one can create, one can bring down blessing uh, of milamata of, lamaila of this level. Vienna, nifsik lo ailam, it never ceases. The earth will never, never ceases to have the potential to bring forth bread. Not the case of the Baruch and the Shefer Baruch. What's the Shefer and Baruch Baruch? This is Milamai Lamata. This is um, Hashem's Dvar uh, Havaya, uh, which gives life to and animates all worlds. Seder Shtal shows the universe, everything is animated top down 
by Dvar Havai, by the speech of Hashem. As Baruch, we're familiar with this, we know this, uh, and everything is a wondrous gift in creation. It's given its kiyam, it's given its highs, it's given its properties by the Almighty from top down. That is the Bracha Baraish. That's the beginning of God's creating the world, which Rosh Hashanah, of course, not only is an anniversary for, but in fact is a reenactment of, in a very real sense. It all comes down well, we know that the world has a one-year contract with the Rabbanish Lailam. At the end of that year, Arab Rosh Hashanah, Malchus on every level uh, withdraws, and the world is left in a state of absolute suspension, uh, waiting. Uh, will there be a blessing? Will there be a, a world? Will there be an existence? Um, that's every Rosh Hashanah. And then, with the blessing of Rosh Hashanah, which comes on Rosh Hashanah, the focal point, the, the cloud that comes to being in existence on Rosh Hashanah is parcelated and divided and distributed over the course of the year on a day-by-day or hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute basis. But it's not yesh ma'ayin. It's there. It's, it's, it's drawing on that which is already there, drawing on that which God has given. God gives a blessing on Rosh Hashanah. A person on Rosh Hashanah is uh, given uh, uh, the, for whatever is going to come his way during the year in the way of Chai Bani Mazayna. And uh, this is, he's simply drawing on a, on a spiritual bank account of sorts. Which, incidentally, of course, is one of the reasons that Rosh Hashanah is such a critical time. So what, what is the world drawing on? What is, what is that worm eating the leaf drawing on? What is the ant who finds a crumb? What is he drawing on? What is he, what is he, uh, what is he anticipating? What is his, uh, who, who's, where does his life, his sustenance, his, uh, his being come from? Well, it comes from the fact that the world is blessed on Rosh Hashanah with kiyum, with highs, whatever is necessary to keep the world intact, to keep the world going, to keep the world moving. And there, every creature is sustained by the blessing of Hashem Isbarach. Every creature is given life and, and uh, p- possibilities and powers and potentials from the Creator uh, constantly through this blessing which comes on Rosh Hashanah, which comes Milamaila. This is the idea of a chesed l'maylo. So in Rosh Hashanah, what is, what is actually nimshech? What, is, what comes down? A chesed. Hashem's chesed. Hashem's kindness, giving. Hashem's giving. It's chesed. We all know what chesed is. Well, what is it? Can you eat it? Can you, is that my paycheck? Is that my health? No, it's spiritual. It's, it's a, a blessing of divinity. Milamayla. Kumaykein. Zon umafarne. Similarly, the since the sustenance and, and whatever is necessary is included on Rosh Hashanah in the spiritual uh, love package given to creation, given to the Jewish people in particular, and to humanity and the rest of the world um, uh, as a consequence. And it reaches here, reaches this world. To, to the most, again, we go back to that story of the Baal Shem Tov and the worm and the leaf. The, the seemingly most smallest, most trivial of beings in this world is sustained by this kindness which Hashem brings down on the world and provides for all creatures and all beings. This, however, talk, go back to ourselves, 
this blessing which is comes on Rosh Hashanah and it's there it's waiting to be drawn on um, however the question is how it comes down and whether it comes down it comes down below it's coming down below it's Rosh Hashanah it's given once you have a blessing the blessing is there once it's in, the, in Seder Shtalshlis it's in Seder Shtalshlis person who receives God's chesed God's blessing is the, it, the, they can never go away the question is does it, is it accessible in the course of our daily lives? And the answer is it depends. It's totally, it depends. It depends upon the times. It depends upon particular circumstances. The chug and ches and Sometimes it's a time of ches, sometimes a time of gevurah. It may or may not come down, or it may not come down with such effulgence. Don't forget the hamshacha of this pure bracha has a long way to go. Many, many tzimtzumim through Seder Shtashos until finally sitting in Malchus and it's coming through Bri, Etzir, Etzir. At the end of the day, it's a paycheck, which is what we desperately need. That's what we need. Well, that's a long trip from an uh, uh, a undefined, uh, generalized spiritual uh, expression of, of giving, of will, of, of pleasure in giving, of chesed, uh, that it comes in such a way that it becomes particularized to an individual, and with that individual it becomes particularized in a specific way, either as chayev, bane, or mazayna, either as health, children, or sustenance. Ideally all three, hopefully all three. V'zehu b'chines ha-mishpat de-bezdin, but it depends on the decision of Bezdin. Yes, that belongs to him. Yes, that chesed was assigned to this individual uh, by the time of, uh, of, uh, of Ni'ilah. Hey, Gevurah, Sta'atik of Ni'ilah have sealed and signed this blessing for so-and-so and such-and-such. Um, the question is, is he entitled to it now? Is he, is his, does his behavior in this world, is it suitable for such a blessing? Is he suitable for such a blessing? Well, say not, God forbid. Well, if not, so what happens to the blessing? It's his, stays his. He'll have it after 120 years. Or he'll have it in some form or in some way or in lusted love way. He can never lose it. It's always uh, assigned and, and, and uh, uh, designated for that individual. Whether it's going to come into a paycheck, whether it's going to come into physical health, whether it's going to come into children and nachas from children, depends. That's not such, a, such an easy, uh, it's not such an easy thing. Um, yeah. Therefore, a blessing is required that it shouldn't get stuck. You don't want this hamshacha of chesed to be um, uh, to, to, to be stuck, to be uh, um, to have things in the system which block it, to be blocked. You want it all to come down, Mamish, we need it now, we need it in this world, and that's what we, we desire. Well, whether it's going to come down or not depends very much on the nature of the person and the nature of the times. Also, it's possible to change. So again, we have this it's in the system, it's a given, it's mukhan, it's prepared, um, and it is designated for specific people, for a specific individual. Um, is it going to come down? How is it going to come down? When is it going to come down? All of these things are variables. 
The absolute is that it's his and it belongs to him and it's there and it can never disappear. The variable is when, what, where, why, and how. Furthermore, you, things can be changed, things can be altered. Vigam Be'emtsois, what does it mean things can be altered? A person has we, so many stories that uh, encompass this idea. A person has a blessing uh, on Rosh Hashanah, but it worked out that he only was able to acquire a blessing for two out of three. Bane Chaim he could have only Chaim He didn't have enough to uh, allow for an absolute effulgence of Milamai Lamata, which would provide for children as well. So these are the stories, of, you know, the famous, the rich, uh, the wealthy, these, uh, these, these, the, the people who come to the Baal Shem Tov, husband and wife, they're very wealthy, they're very rich, they're, they're wonderful people, and they beg the Baal Shem Tov for, uh, for children. So the Baal Shem Tov, as, as well known in all the stories, uh, says, all right, I will, you will have children, but you're going to become poor. Okay, no problem, we will become poor, Rahmat al-Islam, uh, but we, we, uh, children are everything. We, we, so what, what's, what's happened? What, what do you mean? Why do they have to come, become poor? Because they never had the children in the pipeline. The children were not part and parcel of the Hamshacha, Milamaydal Lamata, that began on Rosh Hashanah, was sealed on Yom Kippur. It's not there. A tzaddik, since we're dealing with the concept of bracha now, which we'll see a little bit more later on, a tzaddik who is on that level is capable of shifting the flow from, from sustenance or from, from wealth into children. But what's going to happen, of course, now the wealth is not there, and so therefore they're going to become poor. There is a flexibility, there is a, manipul- there's a possibility of manipulation by lofty, lofty neshamas. This is all in regard to the Lamaila Lamata. So it's possible to change. Moreover, you have to have a Kaili. Uh, if there's no Kaili, a person cannot simply say, well, you know, Rosh Hashanah, I had a phenomenal Avaita, I've been a good boy last year, I had a wonderful Avaita, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Tshuva Mamish, wonderful, great, everything. Now I'm going to sit home, I'm going to open my window, and uh, money's going to flow in. Uh, and uh, it's got to be, there's something, it has to be uh, a Tfisa, something in which the Brachas Nitras, the Brachas long lines of R, that has to hang on something, has to grab onto something in physical reality, that's the idea of a Kaili. Ki les birchasa sharia ba'asir riknium that a blessing does not settle in an empty space. It requires a vessel of some sort, a keli of some sort, something that will enable the bracha to be actualized in this world, a business, some occupation, or something, for example, for, for sustenance. Abel hakeli shalamata now, okay, that's all from the first concept, the concept of milamayla lamata. The keli for shulamata lamayla, the other direction, which is the yigiya apecha, I'm sorry, the, uh, the uh, zeyas apecha, the yigiya v'omol malacha v'aretz. What is it? The keli is the exertion. It is the absolute exertion. V'chein hapizer nafshay ma'aydai b'mishar, a person literally spends his soul and his strength in his in, in the field or whatever it happens to be worth. Again, we're going back to the physical muscle now. We're not talking about the Ruchnes. We'll talk about Ruchnes shortly. 
Yesh keli she is chadish bezem ma'ayin liyesh mamish. This is the keli. This is the keli is the ayin. The keli is the tzabrachankite. The keli is the oil. The keli is the yigi. It's the sweat. That is the keli for this bracha, which is be'inareich, which is incomparable, which is unanticipatable, which is a chiddush. The keli itself is a chiddush. It's the absolute negation of a individual to his work. This is a vessel which brings down far more, can bring down far more than what has been, um, has been designated on Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, it says, this is, again, we go back to benching, a person is judged mamish every, uh, every moment. Uh, that the hamshacha, uh, I'm sorry, vagam hamshacha he tamidus blihevsek. This is a bracha which never fails, which never ceases, which never stops, which never is blocked because it's not part of the system. It's it's outside. It does not operate in accordance with the laws of seder shtalshalus. It operates in the laws of etzem. From all this, this is the idea of of Through the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. Even though it was said to a person, said to Adam, by way of a seemingly a curse by a klola. However, this from this mamish tia this is where the real bracha in the land, in the earth, in the bottom, the soif ma'isim b'achshavat achila. That's where this bracha is comes from. He works his the, the earth with with exertion and effort, v'amol with tremendous uh, um, uh, work. To the extent that his face sweats from the heaviness and hardness of this. Yoke. This specifically, then, in this way, dafka comes the hashpa and bracha in the in the word in the earth not the other way around. This is along the lines of a chiddush yeshma ayin. Uh, for reasons which we've discussed at some length. The Bechinus is Chachus, the Ikra. It's a Chiddush Mamish from its very outset, from the inception. That concept is a Chiddush. Shaloi Alpi HaTeva Davka, Teva Klal. There's no concept of Teva here um, at all. Yimitz Hashem will continue next, uh, next year.